welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 94. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I have a couple of beans joining me on the line tonight. So tonight we have Cracker. How's it going, mate? Very well, thank you, buddy. How are you? Pretty good. And we've also got Chewy. How's it going, Chew? I'm pretty good. Thank you. Hey, everyone out there. Hope everyone's well. Yeah, hope everyone's enjoying this continued lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) I am not like... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm out of the house every day, so it's, it doesn't really affect me. And I know Stu's the same, but I, I know for you two, it's uh, working oh. from home and all the joys that entails. I went out the other day to – we needed milk, so I decided to walk to get some milk because within the 5Ks and I needed some exercise. And I had a, a realisation halfway down my street that it was the first time in 10 actual days that I'd walked out my front door. So, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I walked out the front door when you dropped stuff off. Yeah, that's right, yeah. But I hadn't been past the, the letterbox. The letterbox. <laughs> I, felt like, I felt like, you know, in the first uh, Lord of the Rings movie where Sam was like, if I take one step further, this will be the furthest away from home I've ever been. Yep, I felt like yep. that on my own street. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Do you think the rest of the world's just laughing at us now that uh, <laughs> most of the world's getting high vaccination numbers and we're just... Uh, yeah, just slowly, slowly, slowly getting there and uh, staying in lockdowns. Would, uh, would be yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is not the uh, the COVID vaccination podcast. Yeah, don't get this me is, started. Is all I got to say. This is the, yeah. the Magic Beans podcast. Yeah, you, get vaccinated, in, kids. That's the you work in the uh, the medical field or at a hospital, so you've uh, you've been dealing with this stuff on the front line and all the the effects that that has on the hospital system. So. Fun and games, as I'm sure. Uh, it's had its issues for, for me with construction, but nowhere near what uh, what you'd be facing. So anyway, let's let's talk about some magic because that's a lot more fun. And there is a lot to talk about tonight, as seems to be the case pretty much every episode. And Cracker's here, which means oh. what have, we've, we've either got a banning or mechanics to talk about. And I think tonight we've got the double Two for whammy. one. Two yep. for one, mate. Two Love us some one. value. Yep. Very good. So... Before we get into that, Cracker, do you want to tell us about our awesome sponsors? I'd love to. Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are the sponsor of the Magic Beans and the Magic Beans, what are we calling ourselves, the Leagues? Tournament uh, Series. The, the tournament, tournament Series. series. That's the word. Cracker, we've, we've only been running it for a year. <laughs> Mate, I am so <laughs> deep into trying to work out day and night bound here. Yes. And it's just- uh, <laughs> Anyway, Josh and Pat's are a Facebook auction page, and you can buy sweet, sweet single magic cards from them. Um, super easy to do. You just find the post with the card that you want, you throw in the amount you think you want to spend on it, and then watch as two minutes later someone bids more than you, usually <laughs> one of your mates, and then you get to outbid them again. So, uh, look, you can pick up some bargains. They have li- listings every night and a dedicated auctioneer, so everything comes to you very quickly in the mail. So, go check them out. Tell them the bean sent you when you win an auction. Very good. And uh, Pat posted up a couple of nights ago his Innistrad Midnight Hunt giveaway, which, yeah, obviously we'll be talking about that a fair bit tonight, the the new set. But, yeah, he's got three set booster boxes and six bundles up for grabs, wow. so nine prizes. Uh, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's open for the next few weeks up until September the 26th. You just need to go and win an auction and then comment on the pinned post on the, uh, the auction page. Your uh, favourite horror book, comic TV show, something along those lines that's Innistrad adjacent. So go and check that out. Super easy. If you're going to be on there bidding for stuff and winning auctions anyway, then there you go. You're going to get in on the giveaways. So 
Pat seems to do this on uh, on every set release, comes up with some new way to give away a ton of stuff, and you know he's super generous with his support of us, super generous with the, the rest of the community as well. So get onto it. That's all I can say. Speaking of things where Pat was super generous, we had our D&D League Finals on the weekend, and uh, it was a lot of fun. You guys had fun on that? Loved yeah, it. Yeah, loved it. Yep. Got yeah, some, some uh, really good coverage good and some play. good games. Uh, yep. The coverage is okay. Uh, I think some of the <laughs> innovations on the stream, some of the technology with the picture-in-picture stuff, like that was really cool to see. And, you know, I was literally watching the football one day and went, oh, it'd be cool if we could do that, and told Shorty, and then he just made it happen. So great, great work there, Shorty. You deserve all the kudos for that. And mm-hmm. I think it just helped our stream run nice and smooth uh, where we weren't sort of stopping gameplay and it was, yeah, just a lot of fun. Now, Arena other, other, stopped other the game. Other than the Arena issues. <laughs> yeah, Arena issues stopped the gameplay. We could have used the padding that we normally had, I guess, yeah, this time yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, the finals were, were epic. Benny R uh, coming th- through from the lower bracket. So, without a loss to give, took down J-Mud. So, Gruul took down the uh, the Saltai Ultimatum deck. Thought, thought J Mud was going to get there. Both Cracker and I picked J Mud to win. It was like, oh, it's looking good. He's, you know, he's sailed through the upper bracket. He's got a good matchup in the finals, and just couldn't do it for us. No. Just, uh, just Benny R just, just uh, proved too tall of a final hurdle there. But uh, it was, it was a really fun day. There were some really cool games of Magic played. Uh, we saw some Winota that you know mostly bowed out in the uh, in the early turns. And we saw some of the, uh, you know, more interesting decks um, come to the fore, which was cool. And, yeah, the coverage was great. We gave away a bunch of stuff on stream, which is really good as well. I've got some um, some adventures from Forgotten Realms, collector boosters ready to pop in the mail. Just waiting for people to send me their address. If you could, I've sent you PMs. <laughs> Get onto that, please. Uh, and uh, congrats to Dark Flame Ash for taking home a box of modern horizons 2 if you don't mind so yeah. by taking home i mean shorty posting it to <laughs> yes me posting but, it <laughs> yeah so yeah it was just a lot of fun so if you've you know not been part of our finals coverage and 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 those streams like it's worth it just getting on the value just i don't care if you watch us and just mute us and just join the join the event <laughs> just, 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 just hashtag beans giveaway every time and uh, that's, that's right. all you need to know yep so, yeah, no, it was good good fun, and uh, I think the, the biggest innovation we had on the stream this time was being able to control things remotely for, for you guys. So, like, the from the behind the scenes, when we do these streams, I run everything from my place because we're, as, as we said, we're still in lockdown doing everything remotely. All the other guys are all at their houses. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on from my end and uh, usually involves me sitting there for pretty much the entire time pushing the buttons. But, uh, yeah, this time we managed to find a way to set up a few controls for the guys remotely. So I could disappear for a bit and they could still change change the scenes and, yeah, all that sort of thing. So that that was really good and it seemed to work pretty well. So keep an eye out for more uh, improvements in that field for future events and future coverage. Uh, uh, speaking the, which, if you're listening, get on yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> so we do have our next league. The registration for that has opened, and it's actually kicking off in basically a week. So next Friday, uh, we will be doing the live draw. So Friday the 17th of September, probably starting around 9 o'clock Melbourne time. 
So yeah, get in, get in on it quick, get your registration done. We had to squeeze things in a little bit just with the double Innistrad set releases. So normally we would have a bit of a bigger gap between leagues and we would run the historic event between them, the one day event. But this time we've brought the league forward just to fit in with the arena release schedule. Uh, and uh, yeah, that means the historic event will actually be running in that final stage of the next league. So on the 23rd of October, I had a message from Matty Polson today to say, oh, I crafted two historic decks and then realized that the event's not for like two months. <laughs> oh, no. There is talk yeah, on sorry, the Discord <laughs> about running an additional event. I've um, just got a bit of a poll up there at the moment to... Uh, to see what people are interested in playing. So, yeah, Matty P, just vote on the historic one, mate, and, mate, and we'll <laughs> see what we can do. <laughs> Create seven new Discord accounts and vote for those as well. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah, get, get in on those. Paddy link Molson, for our, who's this guy? Yeah. yeah. Link for all our events is in the show notes as always. But, yeah, don't uh, don't snooze on it because it is kicking off in, in a week from probably when you listen to this podcast. So, We'll get into it quickly, and there's still that, uh, you know, there's plenty of people still in the hunt with the Envy points, and then uh, there's obviously the winner of the next league will get that direct invite as well. So I think the prize, like we've advertised the prize pool is over 1500 bucks. I think it's going to be a fair bit more than that. So you definitely want to be in for that invitational. So get in on that. Uh, just on that last point that you made, I know we've got to get on with a very busy episode, but Benny R, the only way that Benny R could of qualified for the Invitational this year was to win on the weekend and anything. Yeah. So even if you've not or, played or in- Or the next one. Or the next one, yeah. So even if you've not played in any of our leagues and you'd love the idea of, you know, north of 1500 bucks a prize pool for a free event with coverage, uh, get in on it, spike the event, and you earn yourself a seat at that table. So uh, follow the link in the show notes and sign up. Very good. All right, so next thing we want to touch on, Cracker, I'm going to save your voice because I know you've got a lot to talk about with the uh, the Innistrad mechanics, so you can explain to everyone exactly how the day-night and all that sort of stuff is going to work. So I'm just going to quickly mention this one, seeing as we don't really play this format, but sure. we have had a banning this week in Pauper, which I think people have been expecting for a little while. So this is two Modern Horizons 2 cards in Chatterstorm and Sojourner's Companion. So Chatterstorm is a, a one and a green storm spell uh, that just creates one one green squirrels we've seen in pauper before all the uh like empty the warrens and all that sort of the the usual storm cards that are all crazy broken they're all banned already in pauper so i don't think anyone was surprised to see that one coming and the sojourner's companion is a uh, a seven mana four four that's got affinity for artifacts but also has artifact land cycling so pretty powerful i know in pauper the artifact lands aren't banned so yeah having Affinity for artifacts is is pretty solid. In, is in mere Pauper. enforcer bent because no, the sojourner is mere enforcer with the artifact land cycling tacked on. They're the same yep. card apart from that. So it, I'm interested to see if mere enforcer's banned, but uh, maybe just going and getting a land because you know making sure you've got your red for your a talk or your black for your disciple of the vault. It just adds yep. too much consistency. But well, went the uh, most recent cycle of. Artifact Jewel Lens comments as well. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, cycling for a Jewel Land. Yeah, that's uh, that's not bad. Mirror Enforcer is not banned in Pauper. That is that is legal. So So it's not like this band has killed the Affinity deck at all. So no, no. Yep. Yep. Still playable. Great. Good to know. Yep. I think people people would be pretty happy. 
Storm and Affinity were broken mechanics and would need to get banned <laughs> in multiple formats. You heard it here first, kids. Yeah, right. never, yeah. no. <laughs> Love it. Uh, uh, all right. So, so yeah, the, if you the, play Pauper, you're probably happy about that. Yeah, yeah, I would assume so. And I think people picked that from from day one, especially with Chatterstorm. So not not surprising. All right, so the main thing we're going to talk about tonight is the new upcoming set, Innistrad, the first of this dual Innistrad sets that we're getting, the uh, the Midnight Hunt, this one is, and, and what was the next one, the Crimson Vow. So this is the werewolf-themed set, and the Crimson Vow one is more the vampire-themed set. So obviously there will be vampires and werewolves in both sets. We do have a, a bunch of vampires in this one, but the focus is werewolves for this one, vampires for the next one. So... Lots of stuff to go through. We've got some new mechanics and a ton of preview cards. So, Cracker, take it away and explain to us how on earth all this stuff works. Okay. So, we are back with transforming double-faced cards. So, we've had DFCs for a while now, um, but in the last couple of sets, they have all entered as one or the other. So, you know, like Shatter Skull Smashing, you can either have it enter as a land or you can have it as a spell that you pay, you know, a bunch of mana and, and kill a bunch of creatures, but you can't do both right and we have had uh in the past particularly in the industrial block we've had creatures that will be like a creature on front and then they'll, they'll flip over there's been the wheel mechanic before but this is different in how they're actually doing it this time so we now have the idea of day bound and night bound so this is a state that affects the game and not an individual creature so we've seen things before with like dusk watch recruiter in the shadows over innistrad block which we were just the most recent visit we had to innistrad um where you could you know there was a trigger that would go on the stack and you could, you know, pay the activation cost and flip things over. And, you know, there was a bunch of things, but it was only for that one creature. It wasn't for everything. Well, that's all changed now. And we now have the idea of daybound and nightbound. So when the game starts, it's nothing. It is neither day nor night. And then what will happen is a creature will most commonly enter as a daybound creature and then it will start the cycle. So from then on, in Every point of the game until it is finished, it will be either day or night. And so what will happen is in the example here, there's a card called Tavern Ruffian. It's three and a red for a two five and it has day bound. So when it enters on the front, it is a two five with day bound. That's it. So it's a four mana two five. Not very great. Ooh. But then if on your turn you cast no spells, it becomes night. And when it becomes night, then it turns over. And it will then become Tavern Ruffian, which is a 6-5. So, then it is the Nightbound side. And so, then it is Night. And so, when you cast a creature like Tavern Ruffian, if it is Night, it then enters on the Nightbound side, which is called Tavern Smasher, which is a 6-5 werewolf. So, that's kind of the general gist of it. So, you go from day to night by casting no spells on your turn. So, if you've cast Tavern Ruffian then it can't transform that turn because you've cast a spell, right? Pretty obvious. Um, and then if your next turn you basically sit there and pass, it'll turn over and it will become the 6-5. The other side is you can go from night to day. And the way that you do that is when it is night, if you cast at least two spells on your O turn, then it becomes day the next turn. So in past iterations, you were able to double spell on your opponent's turn and do things to like flip your werewolves back forwards um but this time it is all based on being on your turn so yeah the, the previous ones were worded if no spells were cast last turn 
transform them. And then flipping back, it was if a player cast two or more spells last turn, transform. So it didn't matter who cast those spells. It just someone had to either cast nothing or cast two spells to to cause that transform. And in the previous iteration, the transform happened at the beginning of an upkeep. So it was a trigger that you could respond to where this one just starts the turn as day or night. So it's a, it's a game level, uh, action that as far as, as far as we can, as as far as (laughs) we can tell, it's a, it it should be a state based effect, which means that there's no stack to respond to. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, worth keeping in mind as the change has been for a number of years now with, double-faced cards, they always have the same mana value on the front and back side. So, even though if you looked at the backside of uh, the Tavern Ruffian as Tavern Smasher, you can't cast that, right? It, it has no casting cost. It has no mana value. But the mana value is always going to be three and a red. So, it's a four mana spell. And so, what will happen is you would cast- You would put- This is where it gets weird. So, yeah. if, if, if it is currently night and you cast Tavern Ruffian- on the stack, it is Tavern Ruffian, and it is a 2-5 for 3 and a red. When it ETBs and when it resolves, it will then- Not when it ETBs. When it resolves, it will then be on the nightbound side because it is night, and it yep. will be Tavern Smasher and a 6-5. So, it enters the battlefield on the night side. So, Correct. from what we can gather, there doesn't seem to be- It's not like it enters on its day side and goes, oh, hang on, it's nighttime, and then transforms and there's a trigger. It's just it enters on the night side. Yeah, for, so as I far am, as we could tell. <laughs> I, 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 Someone I imagine can correct us it, if we're wrong. It'll be like it checks on resolution or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. That's look, some of this stuff. And look, honestly, this happens a lot when they release new mechanics. We have to wait for like Oracle texts and judge rulings <laughs> to give yeah. us all the details. Or They're just, trying to, just give to play us- it on Arena and see yeah. how it works. Correct. That's, that is the answer. Oh, well, that's a, that's a good point. This, this seems like a great mechanic on Arena. And a really confusing one to play on paper to yeah. track day night and oh, I forgot to flip this creature over and it- you've got a token and I think that's that's one of the things they say so you've got a token that is a day night flip thing and I think that what they're trying to do with this is actually simplify it where it's if it's day everything should be on its day side and if it's night then every everything should be on its night side. I'm just so thinking every, about like, the mechanics of this. Like you're sitting down at your paper pre-release there's going to be so much time spent people going oh hang on let me like pull this card out of the sleeve flip it around put it back and then yeah. two turns later i got to do that again and people go it okay was the, it was the math. same oh, the last on. time <laughs> yeah i know but yeah. it's a it know, is mechanically can, very fiddly yeah yes. yeah yeah exactly can't like be any worse than having you know reach tokens. counters and yeah very <laughs> trample counters yeah. and those sorts of things so yeah so, one thing shorty did mention there and he's worth reinforcing is you will end up with creatures on both sides of the battlefield that will be they will always be on either their day side or their night side they won't ever be some on day and some on night and as it changes from day to night or night to day then all of them will transform at the same time so there's there's never any oh it's night on your turn but it's day on my turn it is a um, it's like a plane. If you guys played Plane of Chaos, I know you, you know what that is. But um, it's just- I, I own those. Of, we should do that one day. We should definitely do that. We it's, It is just a, a permanent state that affects the game. And once it's in play, it will always be in play. So, it will always be day or always be night. There's no way to remove it. Then the next game that starts will start from nothing. Thematically, brilliant. Love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, good. It's, yeah. It's, it's, actually, it's actually quite an elegant way to deal with this. 
Uh, I actually think it's an upgrade from the other way. Personally. Yeah, well, the the other way you had some things were transformed, some things weren't. It depended when they came into into play and all that sort of stuff. And it, it was a bit like, hang on, if it's you know, yep. if if this werewolf is is a werewolf, then shouldn't all of them be werewolves? Because don't they transform and they don't get a choice? And yeah, like this is thematically, this is is way more on point. Yeah, which is yeah, which is cool. One thing, just quickly before you move on or continue no, with it. that, um, I just saw it says. As the spell resolves, it will simply enter the battlefield as Tavern Smasher. So, just right. confirming that that is correct. Yeah. If it is so nighttime, it just straight up enters as the Tavern Smasher. Yeah, so it checks on resolution, which is good yeah. to know. So, there is no trigger to respond to. So, if you have, you know, a creature that enters, enters as like a, a 2-1, for example, and then flips over to be a, you know, a 3-3 three, three or something like that, there's no period for you to shock it in response. That's yep, just, exactly. there, there is never an intervening window for you to respond. It just is the 3-3 three, three if it's entering on the night side. Yep, which is going to oh. catch catch people out at some point. Well, definitely in paper, it will. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the first time I tried to shock your mana gorge Hydra, Shorty, and that did not go well for me. <laughs> I remember yes. somebody lightning bolting my Tarmogoyf. Yeah, going, bolting glyphs. Yeah, oh, and yeah. going, I need to do some counting here. And I'm like, yep, cool. And then they put their uh, lightning bolt in their graveyard and I left. Just stared at my goyf and they went, yep. it's dead. And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that just is like, a confusing one. <laughs> yeah, they just went, game two, and <laughs> just started yep. picking up yep. the cards. <laughs> I still think that's stupid, by the way. It, it is, yeah. That, that, uh, like, like that a- one is really dumb. Managorgia, yeah. I get, it's a cast trigger, but the fact that, the- yeah, anyway, whatever. We're not talking about Tamagoyfs. We are going to talk about <laughs> Disturb and not the get down with the sickness. <laughs> I like that song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. Uh, uh, great. Dis- Disturb is our next new mechanic. And guess what? It's Graveyard One. Oh, yeah. It's kind of almost like flashback for creatures. So, you will have a creature. The example here is called Bait Hook Angler. It's one in a blue for a 2-1. That's it. It's a human peasant. And then- you may cast it for- So, it has Disturb for one and a blue. It says, you may cast from your graveyard, transform for its Disturb cost. So, it enters as Hook Haunt Drifter, which is a 1-2 with flying. And if it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So, you'll see that being the common theme. It's the same as flashback spells, right? If you flashback a spell, it doesn't go back to your graveyard so you can keep doing it. It gets exiled. So, it's just a different way of you being able to- cast creature cards, double face creature cards from your graveyard. So we've seen things like this before with Unearth, right? That was was it Unearth was the spell, there was the mechanic. Yeah, yeah, you you could play it from the graveyard. Uh, Undying? Would- no, not Undying. No, 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 no. Unearth was the um yeah, there was don't be confused with the single black sorcery spell, but Unearth was a mechanic, wasn't it? Where yeah, you yeah, yeah, absolutely, because yeah, yeah, there's right. like um the the stitcher yeah, um, yeah, they but, come back yeah. with haste, and you have to sack them or exile them at the end of the turn, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So yep. this this feels to me like uh, a limited mechanic, uh, where you're just going to get value out of out of either your two drops, or you're going to turn you know a you know a solid playable common or uncommon into like a big threat at the end of the game. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if this one's going to see constructed play. Yeah, well, just this card specifically, like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Hang but on, it's hang literally on, just on. flashback it for it, it for makes creatures. Storm Crow. Isn't that right? the best card ever in some circles? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> No time for memes. 
No, that's it. Yeah, but, yeah like the I, other the other good thing with cool, this, though. yeah, this mechanic, like obviously again thematically really cool, but it's if you're playing say a self mill deck, well then you're more than happy, same as you are happy to self mill your or discard, you know, to faithless looting things like that. Other cards with flashback, these ones you're more than happy to self mill over and then just cast them out of your graveyard. So. This reminds me of the cards out of Amonkhet, which were if this is in your graveyard, you can pay. Yeah, well, there was Embalm and Eternalize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which slightly different, different, but kind of achieves the same thing because it's it's a token, right? And if it dies, it's gone, um, and you've got to exile the creature. So a a really thematic Innistrad spin on that same uh, design space, and I I think it's very cool. The only thing with these is so. If you like taking this one as as an example, if you disturb it, it enters the battlefield as the other side, the hook horned drifter, and it says if it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So that's to stop shenanigans and stuff going on. But you can actually bounce it to your hand and then recast the front face of it. So if there are creatures that have like a good ETB on the front face, there's that potential of getting it back out of your graveyard, bouncing it to your hand and, and those sorts of things. So Whereas, like the Eternalize and Embalmed tokens were tokens, so you could never, never have them in your hand. Yeah, this is an actual creature. It is yep. an it's actual, the actual card, piece of cardboard. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that one's pretty straightforward. Um, speaking of flashback, it's not highlighted because it's not a new mechanic, but we do have flashback again. Yep. Which I'm sure we will chat about at some point. But it's the same thing. It is an instant or sorcery that you cast for one mana value on the front side, and then. Well, not the front side, they only have one side. But then when it's in your graveyard, you can cast it for its flashback cost instead. Usually flashback costs are much higher. You know, you may pay like red and a blue for a spell. And then on the flashback cost, it's like three red and a blue or something like that. But And we've know. seen that for as long as there's been flashback. Co- correct. Absolutely. Thinking of Chainer's Edict, which is black and a one, but it was like seven mana to flash it back. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes sense. You're getting a free card effectively. So yeah. it should be more expensive. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, and so the last new mechanic we have here is called Coven. So, Coven- Oh, we have witches. We- No, well, I mean, no. Oh. We, we have- <laughs> y- You would think we've that, have got a human you? knight. <laughs> we've got- We've got- Yeah, they're a bunch of- This is the human coven. It's their grouping together to band against the ever-growing werewolf threat or something. Because knight is getting long in Innistrad, boys. Didn't, I don't know if you knew that, but- you know, the, the nights are getting longer. I mean, anyway, look, the, moon, the moon is full of an Eldrazi, so. It sure is. Yep. Imagine how big that would be. <laughs> Probably 1515. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big moon. No, wasn't that one 13? Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, sorry yeah. About that. yeah, yeah. So, Coven is pretty straightforward. It's it's a keyword that says Coven and then, you know, for this one, the, the Candlelit Cavalry. It says, at the beginning of combat in your turn, if you can control three or more creatures with different powers, then something happens. So, that is always the key word, right? So, it's it's not always going to be at the beginning of combat, but it will be like coven, and that is basically just shortcutting. You need three uh, control three or more creatures with different powers. So, you know. And that, and that powers is referring to their power, power and toughness, toughness, not yes. f- being able to fly and- Having trample and no, those are like abilities. They're, those are abilities. Yeah. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah, just just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. So th- this is this is pretty good. Then you know this one's being a five drop, and it's again this one feels like a limited mechanic. And in a strad, I've got high hopes for the limited 
format because it was so good the last two times. Uh, so I, you know, I doubt you know five mana five fives at common are going to be you know highly played in constructed. But this definitely feels like a limited theme. You know, you can draft a coven deck or some coven payoffs and and get some good bonuses. And I, I think it's very cool. It's thematic of you know the humans banding together so once again three out of three thematically absolutely on point well done to game design and whoever's you know creatively behind this i think you've done that really well uh but you know again limited set it's not going to excite everybody and uh, it's weird to introduce a a new keyword for something that is not really expected to be no, they they do that pretty often though yeah you know, i guess this is a new normal isn't it yeah, there's every couple of yeah. sets. There's there's a new keyword for the set that they will keep isolated. So I wouldn't expect to see, you know, like probably these will roll into the Crimson Vow. I don't know that we'll expect to see like a whole new set of three different other mechanics coming in that. But I mean, maybe who knows? But yeah, Coven, you know, look, there's they're bound to be some upside, and it's not just on creatures as well. Worth pointing out, there's. There's an aura here that has it, and then there's also an instant that says, you know, target creature gets plus two, plus two. It's one and a green for an instant, and then coven. So if you control three or more creatures with different powers, draw a card. So, you know. Just be, just be aware with that is that the way it's worded, then if you control three or more creatures with different powers and it uh, draw a card and it actually says it in the in the article, it's checking that coven after a creature has been given plus two, plus two. Yes, so you, the, the you first clause have- resolves first and yeah. then because there is a full stop. So creature gets plus two, plus two. So if it's a, if you're thinking, I've got a one, one, a two, two, and a three, three, and you cast it on your one, one, you've actually got two, three, threes and a two, two. Yep. So then you so don't get to draw a card. You don't draw the card. So target the right creature. I'm going to lose you, because I yeah. cast this card on my own. <laughs> Guarantee you I'll do that. Well, you, you might have but a 2-2 two, two, and two, two three threes, and then you cast it on one of your three threes, and it becomes yeah. a 5-5, five, five, and now you've got three different powers, and so then you draw a card. So yeah, work, and, works and that's, the way, that's, yeah, that's the way it's designed, but I'm just yeah, saying I'm, I'm going to stuff yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you will not be able to that's the uh, the three new mechanics, and yeah, Cracker, as you said, we we do have flashback as well. Pretty happy to see that one back. There is another. It's not listed as a mechanic, but it's, it's decayed, which we may touch on 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 some of our mm-hmm. cards. Uh, but yeah, there there is another mechanic as well. Um, there's not many cards, but Investigate is back. Okay, so yes, I think there's five or six cards. There's really not very many, but that was in the last set and really popular. It's a really um, neat mechanic oh, where cards. You, you get yeah, exactly yes. you, you get clue tokens right and so you can tap to tap and sacrifice a clue and draw a card so yep. makes a little artifact token they were very cool last time around so happy to see that back even if it's just kind of like a you know homage to the to the thing rather than being the, the dominant force there's no you know tireless tracker yeah similar to treasures it's it was really surprising in the last Innistrad set how often it was important that you just had an artifact on the field, like especially mm-hmm. with the sets that came after that with the uh, the Kaladesh sets mm. where, um, you know, it, it mattered. You know, you Metal had- Metalcraft. Yeah, Toolcraft Exemplar, I think it was, where if you had an artifact that got plus one, plus two, like things like that. So just being able to create an artifact token was was really important. So keep an eye out for that. All right, so let's get into some of the previews for these cards. Uh, I think so far we've had 180-something of uh, the sort of standard 260 or 270 cards that we get. So 
we're what two thirds of the way yeah, so bit, bit over listeners this is going to be a long yeah, we're episode here, we're here for hours yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> so uh yeah chewy give us uh give us one of the ones that you're excited to see yeah okay um i am a, a big fan of dire strain rampage which is uh red green and one for a sorcery so it's a gold card and it says destroy target artifact enchantment or land if a land was destroyed this way it's controller may search their library for up to two basic land cards put them into battlefield tap then shuffle otherwise it's controller searches for a basic land card put into play tap then shuffle and it has flashback for three red green so i think this card is really really strong in a uh, a mid-range or ramp uh, gruel-based deck uh, where you, you want to ramp into some some big stuff, but it's also got some utility where sometimes you just need to kill a thing on the other side and, you know, it's effectively a three-mana path to exile. Uh, but it, this is Harrow, um, which is uh, a uh, destroy, sacrifice a land and go and get two lands and put them into play tapped as a uh, classic sort of ramp spell. This having flashback is is very cool. I think this card, as so long as it has a home, so long as there's a, a ramp deck, this is going to be a, uh, a really important three-mana ramp. But you can, you know, then, you know, the next turn, play a land drop, flash it back again, um, you're, you're ramping up very, very quickly with this. So really good ramp card. That also has some utility. So if your opponent's got an annoying creature, artifact, or enchantment, sorry, no, it doesn't destroy creatures, sorry, artifact or enchantments, or your opponent's doing some crazy stuff with, say, I don't know, Faceless Haven, Book of Exalted Deeds, it, you've got a nice little answer to, uh, to, you know, blowing up a land as well. So it's a really interesting design where it's got that flexibility and utility uh at first when i first looked at it i was kind of like eh but then the more i read this card and the more i think about situations where it could be useful the flexibility on this uh is more and more appealing so i i I think this will show up what do you guys think of this one it's a bit polarizing you may or may not like it but i reckon it's got some potential so if if you target an artifact or an enchantment of your opponents they get to they get a land yeah Okay, so, so you've just, got to, so you have to target a land of your own every time, just to make yep. sure that you you get two lands and your opponent gets nothing, and then destroying an artifact or enchantment is there as an option for your opponent. But yeah, you you always want to be t- you always want to target a land of your own. But we've seen that 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 downside has been still absolutely playable. There's yeah, yeah, definitely. Like yeah, I was just making sure I understood it properly. Yeah, yeah. And what's the the green-black one? Is it Assassin's Trophy or the other one? Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. Assassin's um, Trophy. Yeah, the, which, you know, you, you blow something up and they go and get a land. And yep. that's, you know, that sees modern play. Uh, it's it's a it's a good card. This you know it's a sorcery and it costs more mana, so it's it's not on that power level. But this effect, you know, you can blow up a, a, an artifact that's going to kill you or an enchantment that's going to kill you, um, and all you're doing is giving them a land. It's better than losing the game. Or yeah, it's a a a card that ramps you into your big spells. So yeah, I think it's uh, it's pretty sweet. The, the flexibility on this, it's effectively modal, and I think yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think at a, at a bare minimum, it's going to see sideboard play in a in a Gruul deck, but, yeah, it has that potential to be in, you know, maybe we see a, you know, Gruul Treasures deck with Magda and Goldspan Dragon and Jaspira Sentinel, and 
they play this in the main deck just to just to ramp a bit more. Who knows? And also, I guess it also depends. Are we going to see any super powerful artifacts or enchantments floating around? Who yeah, knows? what are what are its targets? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So yep. exactly. All right, Cracker. Everyone's just been hanging to hear your thoughts on your favorite favorite magic character of all time. Mm-hmm. So uh, you want to talk yeah. about uh, oh. your, your, your old mate's fairy? I would have loved to. This is oh. cool. <laughs> I, I instantly thought you were talking about Grizzlebrand, and I'm I was, like, I I was going to say it. But the- <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, the things I would do for a Grizzlebrand planeswalker. <laughs> Grizzlebrand planeswalker. Oh boy, <laughs> man, that's uh, that sounds just amazing. Uh, Teferi, who slows the sunset. He is two white and a blue for a Teferi planeswalker. He enters with four loyalty. And he has three abilities. Plus one. Choose up to one target artifact, up to one target creature, and up to one target land. Untap the chosen permanence you control. Tap the chosen permanence you don't control. You gain two life. Minus two. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one into your hand and the rest on the bottom in any order. And minus seven. You get an emblem with untap all permanents you control during each opponent's untap step. And you draw a card during each opponent's draw step. So, believe it or not, my first ever commander deck was mono blue Teferi. Right? was the pre-con. And the first ability there was basically this. You could untap. Actually, the first ability was look at two cards and then you put one into your hand and one on the bottom. And then his minus ability was to be able to untap a bunch of artifacts. And I loved it. And I actually think this card is great. Not even like joking around. I legitimately think this one is interesting because this in a ramp deck, oh boy, can you get up to some nonsense. <laughs> yeah, so, put, in a, put in a Bant deck. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, play four is- colors and you play the other card I just talked about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It, seems, it seems less likely. So look, the minus two of anticipate, right? We, that's an effect we've seen a bunch of times. Uh, the thing I like about this Teferi is he doesn't seem broken in half. Now, I could be wrong. There'll be definitely some interactions with a plus one that you can do that feel pretty dirty. But the the thing that I really like about it is the tap down effect. So if you decide to tap your opponent's lands or creatures or artifacts, they untap during their untap step, right? Teferi six months ago would have been they don't untap for seven turns. Like the the fact that you can just, there's some real play to it because you get to choose either your stuff or their stuff. Um, gaining two life, I mean, eh, it's okay. I guess it has no real way of protecting itself outside of you already having creatures in play, right? So this is not I slam Teferi on turn four, I plus, I bounce a thing, I've got one creature, you just, you know, like in a world of pain, this is kind of, this isn't the, you don't get to do half of your deck because you can't cast instance when you want to, and this isn't a hard control finisher where, you know, you tuck it endlessly and, you know, drag the game on for a bajillion years. You have to have some other win condition. Now, the ultimate is- This is Teferi went and got a new PR team. This, this, no, seriously. Like, and I was, I was I need a new image. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure people were hoping that I'll poo poo it, but I, I legitimately think this one's interesting. And like, if you get to minus seven, uh, I mean, you should win the game with that. Like, we have seen those effects before, particularly in, um, commander and things, you know, with 
Seedborn Muse is the one that comes to mind, which lets you untap at- Yeah, um, that's a really, really powerful untap. effect. It is a super busted effect. And the fact that you get to draw an extra card on your opponent's draw step, yeah. Look, I'm not saying I'm going to go out and, and build like a blue-white control deck. There's certainly a lot of tools that I've seen for that in, in this set, and I'm sure I'll hate it. But this card, Teferi, as itself, yeah, I, I'm a fan. Yeah, I think it's yeah. super interesting. I think the plus one ability is a really interesting take on- planeswalkers protecting themselves we've seen, like how many like five six mana planeswalkers have we seen with you know it kills a creature or it makes a token as kind of the default um you know this can protect yeah, plus, itself plus is, to make a creature minus to destroy something yeah it's it's, yeah, it's pretty kind standard. of been done right yeah where where this is a, an interesting spin on it. it it has some conditions but it has a lot more upside as well being able to untap your own stuff but tap their stuff down it's you know you can use this in a uh, a tempo you know sort of blue white i'm going to attack you with some creatures and have some uh soft counter backup you know that fish style deck uh it, it can go into a uh you know more mid-range deck where you're trying to just get value and try to ultimate it or it can, it can also see playing control so i think it's a really balanced design and yeah it's just i Everybody's kind of got that sour taste in their mouth when it comes to, to fairy. So, you know, we all need to just get past that. But look, if Cracker can, we all can, right? <laughs> so, uh, so well done, yeah. Cracker. Well done for taking the moral high ground thank, there. Thank you. I, yeah. I, by the way, I will judge you severely if you ever cast this against me. Just <laughs> to be clear. Uh, there's a lot of Teferis now. I'm making Teferi tribal just to play against Ooh, Don't worry. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got you got some good curves there in, in yeah, blue and white. So, yeah. No, I, I think I think this card's going to be pretty powerful, and it, especially if we've got mana rocks, or you put it in a Bant deck where you have mana dorks, being able to play it on four and then untap like potentially three mana. So this thing costs you one mana. That's pretty good. Well, like we saw it with the five mana Teferi, Teferi Hero of Dominaria. It was a five mana, but it untapped two lands. And so you but could play it on five. end step where this does it straight away. So this lets you double spell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you get to cast sorceries in your in your main phase still. So it doesn't draw a card. Yeah, it doesn't protect itself, but that can potentially be pretty powerful. So, I, yeah, I, I see this one definitely seeing play, oh, but it's, it's like you said, it's, Cracker, it's not yeah. it's not crazy broken and, and over the top and doesn't have that annoying, yeah, I'm, this game's going to take 500 years because you're just going to keep tucking your Teferi. So, yeah, good to see. What about you, Shorty? What, uh, what's jumping out at you? Uh, a whole bunch of red cards. <laughs> just for something different? I'm shocked. Yep, I got, I got. I think it was Plunksy in the oh, Discord uh, ru- ruined my uh, my week this week with spoilers. He uh, posted something. It was like, oh, that card looks awesome, and then we realised it was a commander card. So yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was a bit annoying. Uh, the first one on my list is Reckless Stormseeker. So it's two and a red for a two three human werewolf, and it has at the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature you control gets plus one plus zero and gains haste until end of turn, and then it has daybound. So it is a werewolf. It does transform. So on its face, if it comes in and it's not day, or uh, you know, it turns it to day. If it already is daytime, it comes in as a three mana, basically three three haste. If you've got nothing else on the board, or you can give something else haste, uh, depending on what's going on. But that's not bad in in a you know, mono red deck, three mana, three, three haste. I can I can deal with that. But its backside, the transformed side, is a three four 
that has at the beginning of, of combat on your turn, target creature you control gets plus two plus O, gains trample and haste. So if it's nighttime when you cast this thing, it is a three mana five four trample haste. I'm all about that. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but uh, that gets me a little bit excited. So yep, I, I think I, that's uh, great. I, like I, I love it. The Stormseeker, the front side curving into a Seeker's Chariot and attacking with your yeah. chariot on the turn you cast it, really makes me as excited about the 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 five four. <laughs> yeah, haste. well, I mean, you you played this on turn three, you bash for three because it's a three three haste. Turn four, you drop your chariot, you crew your chariot with your two tokens you made. You're attacking with this and the chariot. That's making pretty good. Another a, token. a six yeah. four chariot, yeah, making another token. Pretty good. Yep, and then so, you slam your gold spread next turn, game over. Yep. That's, yeah. <laughs> Just turn Gruul and drew it up. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, probably in Gruul, probably mono red. We'll see if there's other stuff around it to, to support a mono, mono red deck because we are losing there, a lot. But There might be a red white like deck it. from what I'm seeing, perhaps. Mm, so, yep. yeah, you might have to uh, you might have to go back to your roots and just play red white aggro. Bit of Boros yep. action, shorty. Sounds good. All right, we mentioned Grizzlebrand before, Chewy. There is a Grizzlebrand in this uh, in this set. Well, well, sort of, sort of. So uh, this is a new equipment and this kind of feels like you know, if Gristlebrand and Skullclamp kind of went on a vacation together. Uh, so the Mask of Grizzlebrand is a, a legendary artifact equipment and it is black, black, and one. And it says, Equip creature has flying and lifelink. So it doesn't affect the creature's power or toughness, which is definitely consideration when we're evaluating this card. Uh, but it says whenever a quick creature dies, you may pay X life where X is its power. If you do, draw X cards and it has an equip cost of three. So the first card I was talking about uh, with the uh, the Dice Drain Rampages, I think is definitely a card that we'll see playing Constructed. I think this is just going to be one of the primo bomb rares in Limited and definitely a card I want to open. Uh, three to play, three to equip might be a bit steep for Constructed, but I love the idea of this card in Constructed, especially where we've got a number of uh, zombie tokens that you have to sacrifice after you attack. So it's... Uh, some synergy there kind of built into the set. So uh, attacking with lifelink, gain a bunch of life, then use that life, turn it into cards. That is the most Grizzlebrand thing ever, right? So apart from Grizzlebrand itself, but uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's a nice homage to the big Grizzle Daddy and it's uh, yeah a, a repeatable effect that is going to win a bunch of limited games. As I said, I don't think it's quite there for constructed, but I really want to open this as my rare in the pre-release. I think this card's very cool. The art's very sweet as well, and yeah, it's a really super interesting card. Um, I like that the whatever language this one is in on I think it's Spanish. Yeah, it's mascara. <laughs> To the grizzle bread <laughs> makes it even cooler. Um, so yeah, I, I I love it. I'm gonna lose to this card more than I open it. I know that, but doesn't mean I don't love it any uh, any less. So what do you think about this one, Cracker? Good enough constructed or no? I don't think so. Sadly, <laughs> as sad as it is, because the problem is you you really want on like a giant creature, right? The the three to equip on a two two to gain two and draw two. Just it's a lot of mana. You you really want it on you know something that's five or six power or something like that. So uh, 
Oz is about repeatable effects, good. but yeah, yeah, that's true. But it is. It's just yeah. It's 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 a. If you've got a deck that's making a lot of mana, or you know, a way to discount that, then for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. It's like you said. It's awesome. Very very flavorful. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't expect yeah. we'll see it a lot. The the three mana three to equip is hard. I think the last time we saw a, an equipment like that that was actually good was Loxit on Warhammer back in uh, OG Ravnica when it was when it was good. I know it's been in other sets since then, but I don't think it's actually been very good. But yeah, there's yeah. Um, lately we've <clears throat> excuse me lately we've seen the equipment attaching to a creature when you play it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We expect a lot more from from our equipments. You should be able to play them for two mana at flash instant speed, and they give your creatures double strike and trample and plus one plus one. That's uh, that's how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, or well, plus uh, two plus two and flying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, with a with a steep equip cost later on, but getting value right away is uh, is always good. So. Yep. Yeah. All right, yeah, okay, what's your next one? Card. The next one I'm actually going to talk about is called Corpse Cobble. It is blue-black for an instant. It says, as an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice any number of creatures. Create an XX blue and black zombie token creature with menace, where X is the total power of the sacrificed creatures. And then it is flashback for three blue black. So we mentioned before about zombie tokens and there being a bunch of ways for you to make them. We haven't really talked about zombies, but they are very much a fundamental fundamental part of the Innistrad plane. Um, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of support. There's a, there's a zombie lord and a bunch of different ways to make them. But there are zombies that have decayed, which is different to the other effects that we were reading about before, which I've already forgotten. Disturb. It's not confusing at all to have Decay and Disturbed, but Decay is um, on zombie tokens, so they are 2-2 zombies that can't block, and when they attack, you sacrifice them at the end of combat. So either they die in combat or they die at the end of combat, which again, thematically awesome, like makes a lot of sense. So the fact that you can swing in with a bunch of zombie tokens and then before, you know, with the trigger on the stack or whatever, you can sacrifice them all to a corpse cobble and make like a giant zombie kind of amalgamation. That just seems awesome. So pretty pumped on that one. I I will definitely be looking pretty hard to see if we can make like a black zombie tribal deck. Yep, I think that's pretty likely. Seems to be the uh, the supported tribe in those colours. So we'll see what we get. Uh, next one on my list, Chewie mentioned before, uh, playing red-white. Uh, going back to, to sort of my roots, we've got Lightning Helix. Oh, my God, it's light. Oh, no, it's not. Sorry. Almost. It's uh, Sacred Fire, which is uh, red and a white for an instant, and it deals two damage to any target and you gain two life. So not quite Lightning Helix, but still pretty good. But this one's got Flashback tacked onto it for four red-white, which is very steep, but... You don't mind that when you're playing your burn spells early and then you just flood out later on in the game. If you've got a couple of these just hanging out in your graveyard, uh, yeah, you don't mind that extra two damage and two life. So I don't know if this is going to see play like in Historic. We've already got Lightning Helix and I don't know that that sees a ton of play. Uh, Standard, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see, but cool card. It's a very cool Cool, card, yeah. Yeah, cool sort of throwback to, to OG Lightning Helix. But maybe not uh, not quite what we're looking for. Uh, Chewy, you got another one? Uh, yeah, just wanted to... So I talked about a constructed card, a limited card. Now I want to talk about a uh, what I see is mostly a commander card. May make a splash in uh, in standard, but uh, Slowgurk the Overslime, 
It's a really fun name to say. And it is uh, <laughs> it is Simic and one for a 3-3 legendary creature ooze with trample. It says whenever a land card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, put a plus one counter on it. Uh, and then you can remove uh, three counters from it to return it to its owner's hand. And when Slowkirk leaves the battlefield, return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. So That's it's kind a lot of like- going on. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's very much a, a mid rangey deck, and if you're self milling or you're uh, doing some, you know, the fetch landy things, uh, it's going to you know get you that sort of long game value, you know, harken back to the the rock style strategies. So uh, I'm going to put one in my Muldrotha Commander deck, and if there is you know some kind of Bant or um, Sultai mid range deck. Uh, in this in this set that just wants that sort of value engine because it's it's self milling or it's it's got some ways to sacrifice lands maybe with dire strain rampage hello um yeah it can um you know get some value out of this and it just can become a big creature with with value so uh you know a, a really hard to kill threat that's going to kill you eventually so i think this card's awesome and it'll absolutely see play in in the more casual formats and just might sneak in as a maybe a two of in a uh, in a standard deck as a, uh, a sort of value engine slash finisher. So yeah. one thing worth noting about this is the typical safety valve that they've been using recently isn't on this. So it's not one or more. It's whenever a land card. So if you flip your deck and hit 10 land cards, you don't get one plus one plus one counter. You will get 10 plus one plus one counters. So it'll get real big real fast if there's a way to do mass land destruction or... Um, you know, flip a bunch of cards in your bin. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. So I, in Australian Seven Point Highlander, I've been known to ramp out a Knight of the Reliquary and on turn two off a bird and then turn three cast Ravages of War and then attack with my giant knight, uh, usually with Flagstones to Tracare in play, uh, which is nice as well. But um, this would fit into that strategy as well. So thanks for the heads up. I'm going to, uh, that deck just became dead. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. <laughs> Uh, all right, Cracker, you've got a cycle of cards you want to talk about. I do, I do. So this is called the Adversary Cycle. They're all creatures. They're all mythics, monocolored, and two drops. So the first one I've got here is called Bloodthirsty Adversary. It's a 2-2 vampire with haste, and it says, when it enters the battlefield, you may pay two and a red any number of times. And when you pay this cost more than one or more times, put that many plus one, plus one counters on Bloodthirsty Adversary. Then exile target instant and or sorcery cards with mana value three or less from your graveyard and copy them. You may cast any number of copies without paying their mana cost. New Snapcaster, who dis? A lot going on here. (laughs) And look, I probably won't read through all of the adversaries because we're running long and there's a lot of words on all of them, but they're all this kind of effect, right? We've got three of them so far. We've got the red, the white, and the black ones. And they all have, when they enter the battlefield, you pay a mana cost and then things will happen. So this one gets plus one, plus one counters. In fact, so does the, they all get plus one, plus one counters actually, now that I look at it. And then they all have different effects. So the black one makes zombies. The white one uh, gives creatures plus one, plus one across the board for each counter on it. So they all kind of have their on color theme. And I like them. I think that they'll be really good. And I'd be interested to see what the others are. Is there the blue one as well, actually, that I just missed? 
I'm haven't not sure seen. There's it. a couple hundred cards there, but a two mana yeah. two two with haste, shorty with upside. Yeah, it seems so, pretty good. Yeah, yep. if you want to get aggressive. <laughs> the big thing with this card to note is that it's when it enters a battlefield, you can pay it. So when you cast it, it is it just costs one and a red. You're not sinking any extra mana to, into it. It's not increasing the cost like a like kicker or multi kicker or any of those alternate costs you get on other cards. So it needs to resolve first, and then you get the choice to pay it. Uh, so yeah, you, you know if you're going up against control decks or anything like that, that is a, a good way of getting around. You know, not having to sink all your mana into it and, and then just getting blown out by a counter spell. Potentially, uh, that card will go into a deck with the card right next to it on the previews we're looking at. Uh, a favourite of mine and uh, a favourite of a lot of people, Delver of Secrets. So we've got it back with new art. So this was from the original Innistrad block, uh, one of the one of the most famous creatures, I, I would say. Like it spawns whole archetypes in you know, Legacy and a little bit in Modern at the moment, uh, along with a few other cards. But yeah, Delver is a, a single blue for a 1-1. And it's got, at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card. If an instant or sorcery card is revealed this way, you transform it. And the flip side is a 3-2 with flying, the insectile aberration. So that bloodthirsty adversary is exiling instants and sorcery cards from your graveyard and and casting them for free. So you're going to be probably wanting to be playing it in a spell-heavy deck. Delver loves spell-heavy decks. So, uh, yeah, maybe we, we pair those two together, but... Cracker, I know you love the the Is It Spells decks as well. You keen to see I some Delver action? Sure do. It's actually one of the cards that I I have not cast a lot. It's okay. I, I wasn't playing standard when when it was out, and I've never really you know done the Legacy or modern versions. I played it in Cube a few times, and it's it's good. So I'm I'm definitely interested to uh you know to to give it a run for sure. How yep. much of a relief is it? That brainstorm is banned in historic. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty disappointing to be honest. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, talk about a one deck format if that was the case. But uh, yeah, I think this is cool. Looking at the the spells that are around to support that, a lot of things put cards into the graveyard or on the bottom of the library. You know, they've they've made sure that the coast is clear to be able to print this card again. So it's a, um, I, I, it could just be a complete non-event potentially, or it could be a really good card in a, you know, if the Is It Spells deck is, is good, but all of your flips are going to be just percentage play blind flips. It's just blind flips. And and that's yeah. a, that's always been the thing with Delver, other than in Brainstorm formats. Like you play it on turn one and you just cross your fingers and hope and every now and then you get lucky and turn two you're flipping and revealing an instant or sorcery and it's like, hey, I got my I'm attacking for three in the air on on turn two and you feel, you know, really excited and really proud of uh, how good you are at magic. But the reality is that <laughs> it doesn't happen very often unless you've got a way to set it up with a card like Brainstorm. So yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I think it's perfectly fine to be in standard, and I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy to see it there. So, do you think that they'll give us another version of Sensei's Divining Top when we go back to Kamigawa? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no. Come on, man. What's wrong with Top? It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that card at all. I mean, uh, like, the problem with I'm Top sorry. is just how long it takes I to know, I know. resolve it all the time. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they'll give us a one-mana artifact that you sack and it gives you a one-time effect or something. I don't know. but Yeah, yeah, like some sort of callback to, to Top. That'd be pretty cool, actually. I'd yeah, like something that. like what Brainstone did to yeah. Brainstorm, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. We'll see. Better be neon coloured, right? So we'll, we'll see. We'll yes. <laughs> right. S- speaking of callbacks, I'm just going to jump in here. Yeah, go for it. 
Vanquish the Horde. So, this one is six white white for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield. So, very famously, there was Blasphemous Act, which was a red and six, I believe, and it dealt 13 to all creatures on the battlefield. So, this thing, look out, this is a very, very good wrath that we have. Even if you only need to kill two things, then it is just, you know. It's just wrath. <laughs> it's just wrath. So, yep. yeah. Great it's- commander card. Just white, white, board sweep. Move on. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Very good. A uh, card I just wanted to mention quickly again for the mono red is Falcon Wrath Pit Fighter. It's single red for a 2-1. We don't get that very often in uh, in red uh, for for single red. So good to know. But it's, it's also got one and a red discard a card. Sacrifice a vampire. Draw two cards. Uh, activate only if an opponent lost life this turn. So... Could come up, you know, it's, uh, there's plenty of times in your mono red decks where you run out of gas and just being able to ping your opponent with something and then just sack this this creature that is a vampire and draw two cards is is pretty handy. So Getting value out of your 2-1 one, one drop that, you know, yeah. wouldn't be doing it's anything otherwise. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Exactly. Yep. Uh, just a couple of, like, notable reprints that we're getting. So we're getting Pithing Needle. Uh, you, you remember the, the text on that one off the top of your head, Chewie? Uh, yep, uh, name a card. Uh, activated abilities of the name card can't be played unless they're mana abilities. Just remember to activate your abilities, like sack your fetch lands before the card resolves, because uh, you can't yeah. respond when it's in play yeah, if you've it's, not played this card before. As it, as it enters the battlefield, you you name the card. So if you're, if you're letting it resolve thinking, oh, I'll wait and see what they name, and then I'll crack my... Where, is Fable Passage going to be still legal in standard, or does that rotate? I can't remember what sets that's in, but... If it is, if Fable Passage is still in standard, you cannot let this resolve because your opponent will just go, oh, Fable Passage, and then it is too late. <laughs> You've lost the opportunity to name your Fable, pa- uh, to crack your Fable Passage. Yeah, exactly. So, importantly, this card does not stop KCI, all right? Just no. in case you're wondering. <laughs> For all those formats that you're regularly playing against KCI, this card does not work against it. It, it does look, work against Planeswalkers, though. It's amazing how often people would side in. Casey, uh, oh, yeah. needle yeah. against KCI. It's like sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's like people siding in Grafting's Cage against uh, Living End and yes, yeah, is. exactly things like exactly. that. that yep. So Pithing Needle is a card that it gets reprinted into standard. It, it used to be pretty regularly, and it's it's just a good safety valve to have because yeah, if we are getting you know to fairy decks that are just taking over the format, having a one-mana answer to that is, is pretty handy. Uh, the other thing that's worth noting with this is it can shut down the uh, the Book of Exalted Deeds and fa- uh, what's it called? Faceless Haven. Faceless Haven combo. You can, like, you can name either of those so their, their activated abilities can't be activated, so then they can't get that combo off on you. There's another card that shuts down this combo uh, in the set as well, which is Field of Ruin, which is another reprint, Uh, and it's a a land, taps for colourless, and you can pay two and tap it, sack a a destroy target land, and both players go and get a basic. So you you turn their Faceless Haven into a basic, and you get a basic back as well. Might be a nice little mana fixer as well, and uh, yeah, a nice safety valve if there's problematic land. So uh, I I like Field of Ruin. I would like to see this as a sort of perpetual card in standard. Uh, it lets them you know get creative with lands, and if there is problem lands, you know Field is a, a nice little way around it. 
yeah, it's worth noting we do currently have Field of Ruin in standard. It's just it will be rotating because it is in Theros. So, yeah, yep. good good to see that it will be hanging around for the entirety of the next couple of years of, of standard. So, yep, good good to see and, and yeah, really should be a uh, an evergreen type card. Uh, the last ones we want to mention is just the land cycle that we're getting in in this set, uh, which is what, Cracker? Have you got those there? Uh, yeah, they're the slow lands. Yeah. So they uh, so the one we've got here is uh, called Haunted Ridge. It taps for black or red. It says Haunted Ridge enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands. So if this enters as your third land, you are golden. Uh, anything before that. So turn one or two, this is a tap land. And any point on from there, these things are just bananas good. Yeah. Have we seen this cycle before? I don't think no, we, this is no, I think we have. Yeah. So we've seen the fast lands. So they enter on. Yeah. Uh, the if they are the first three lands, then they enter tapped. Untapped, otherwise they enter tapped after that. Um, I think every deck will play these. Yeah, yeah, I think these are really good. Yeah. There's a lot of decks that won't want to do anything on turn one anyway. Uh, with And, you know, we've seen Temples and Triomes be our turn one play for a little while now. Uh, so that's been fairly standard. Uh, Two-colour aggressive decks, you know, the only downside is if you just draw multiple of these. Uh, but, you know, like red-black or, or red-green decks, you know, they're um, allied colours. So I think this is these are great. I think these are really, really good and yep. are a really good power level for standard. Yep. They don't play terribly nice with the other lands that we've got uh, got in the format, but that's good. We've seen definitely seen in the past where we I'll have issues where... I'll take these over where, a snarl in an aggressive deck, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've seen issues where you've got... I mean, we had a standard a little while ago that had... Uh, fetches and shocks that's what like five or six years ago now uh, more than a little while ago but uh, when mana bases are too good you just end up with too many four and five color piles of good stuff so having restrictions in your mana bases forces people to be a little bit creative in their deck building and that helps to keep the the format diverse so yep good uh, good set of lands to have and this is the allied colors yep. I believe mm-hmm. yeah that's correct uh, yep very good all right, so that's all we'll go through tonight with the previews. We've we've already sort of gone long, so we'll finish it there. The set releases on Arena on the 16th of September, so in a week from, from when we're recording this, or it'll probably be the Friday morning for us on the 17th, I would assume. So it's not long. So by next week's podcast, we will have all of the previews. They will all be out, and then the set will be coming out straight away. So... No downtime in the in the world of wizards and the the new set releases, which is good, but also annoying. <laughs> you don't don't get a chance to enjoy things. But I think which uh, which will be something we touch on the podcast next week. I think people are keen to see this rotation happen. So I think there's still a few powerful cards to come in the rest of the previews, and I think we've seen the last of the the good stuff. And yeah, I for one am looking forward to seeing what this set does and what the new standard is going to look like. So. That's going to do us for tonight. Uh, just the usual wrap-up. As I said at the start of the show, registrations are open for the upcoming Innistrad League, so make sure you go and jump in on that. And then once you've joined, go and join us in our Discord. So whether you want to play in our events or not, our Discord's the best place to be. Awesome community in there, lots of fun stuff going on all the time, and, uh, yeah, random little events and commander games and stuff that get organised. So jump in the Discord and join our events. If you want to support us directly, you can buy some merch from our merch store. The link for that is in the show notes. Get yourself a hoodie or a t-shirt or something like that for that 
time at some point in the future when we actually get to meet a whole bunch of you it would be awesome to see people in their magic beans gear go and check out our sponsors who give us the prizes and all the support for all the events and the tournament series that we run josh and pat's mtg bazaar uh, jpmtgbazaar.com.au check out their daily auctions you can find us on youtube facebook twitch and twitter all of those places we are magic beans or magic beans cast just search us up on there if you want to find me on twitter i am at peace inc chewy you are at Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time. Bye.